loneliness is kind of this feeling of flailing in the wind and having no one there to catch you and trying to figure out how you're going to catch yourself so you don't blow away. And that's something that I've had to learn throughout my life. And I kind of have a really good grasp of how not to float away in the wind. And being around people who are just just now starting to float in the wind and, and don't have anyone to catch them, to pull them back down and really trying to figure out how to get back to the ground and feeling safe and sheltered is something that I have learned how to do. I'm Julie Clare, and this is the podcast Creative at the Wheel. Artists and creative professionals thrive in unconventionality. They reinvent themselves and find their way through impossible situations. Here, we get to have deep dive conversations on their adventures. Let's jump in. Hello today, my guest is Zaria Rosewood, is a 22-year-old immune-compromised woman who's lost all of her sources of income as a result of the pandemic. And she is now leading and operating her new business called Singing Helligrams, where she sings to people um, and brings a beautiful um, community and spirit to often people who are living by themselves, but people who just um, maybe need that kind of connection or would really enjoy having Zaria sing to them on the phone. So welcome, Zaria Rosewood. Hi. <laughs> it's great to have you here. Um, I've been looking at your website, obviously, quite a bit, and I loved our first talk together. And I know we just went, met a few weeks ago, but I'd love to just welcome you in and say, um, what surprises you the most that you now have this business, that you're now doing this? There's a bunch of different surprises that came out of this. Um, it's very hard to choose one, but if I had to say it was just, it would be the joy that I get to bring to people by doing this, by singing to people in isolation during this time of uncertainty and fear, and the joy that I receive by doing that from their response, their reaction, and just getting to combine bringing people that love and saying, hey, I see you, while getting to sing to them as well. And that combination has been something that I've been searching for for a very long time. Mm. And through this, yeah, through this business, it gave me that and I wasn't expecting it. And it's something that it was a beautiful, beautiful surprise that came out of this. I love hearing it. You know, one of the reasons I wanted to talk with you, um, first off, I just love anyone who is singing for a living, right? Um, yeah. But also that your life changed big time with the pandemic and what you were doing yeah. was no longer feasible. And the way I read it is that you really came into um, kind of out of necessity to doing mm -hmm. something that you really love to do. So I think a lot of people who, uh, or many of us who might listen to this interview or this conversation, um, will find themselves in a situation similar at some point where what we're used to or what we know is being taken away. Yeah. And we have to connect with something else. And, and often there is something there. And as creatives, um, 
it's usually not written for us or usually there's not a script, but we're making it up. So I see you as making this up. And yeah, I love people who make things up. That's that's a big part of my impetus of getting up in the morning is wanting to make things up if I can and not just know ahead of time. <laughs> so Thank I want to know, absolutely, your, um, first off, um, what did your life look like six months ago versus what it looks like now with the singing programs? <laughs> Wow. It feels like kind of a lifetime ago and yet like two days ago. Um, It's really funny how time works like that. But six months ago, I had three jobs. I was a nanny and a dog walker and I worked at a grocery store and that was kind of my life. I did all those things every day. I had one day off and um on that day off, it was more like a chore errand thing. Um, and yeah, I, I was I was really living, but I didn't feel alive. And that's something that I've been slowly realizing through this time. And I wonder if a lot of other people have been coming to this realization with all this time on their hands to think and really evaluate life as it is. And in some ways, this time that I was given it was difficult and very scary to lose my jobs and not have a reliable source of income and kind of my whole world was kind of crashing down unexpectedly. And a lot of people are in that situation. And it, yeah, it was just, I was just living a typical 22 year old life trying to make rent. Yeah, yeah. You, and you were, it sounds like you were quite busy and you were doing that all while being um, immune compromised. Yeah. And, um, and then this happened. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then when did singing start showing up for you in this kind of COVID breakdown? So it definitely took me a little while. Like everyone, I was a little confused about what was going on in the world and just wrapped up in this new disease, this new pandemic that was affecting everybody, that was kind of bringing everybody together um, while tearing us apart in certain ways. And I went through a period of pretty severe depression just because of losing my jobs and being afraid and not knowing when this would all end. And we still don't know that. And I realized that just being in those feelings, feeling so sad and so scared was not a way that I wanted to live anymore. And funny enough, it was a conversation with my lovely mother that spurred this idea. And um, it was about a month into the pandemic that I started creating this. And um, ever since then, it's been what I've been working on. And it's really helped my emotional state and my physical state, having something that I can rely on and depend on and just know that every time I sing to someone, I get that feeling of elation, that feeling of just knowing that I'm doing something to help those who need it. Got it. And so, you know what, I don't know, it excites me and it also kind of amazes me of how life is, right? So much of what we love begins in a place of fear or that, yeah. that, how many of us have done that, how fearful 
you know, the, the ground can be that we walk over to finally pick up something like our voice or something and, and put it yeah. out. So that's partly why I, I particularly, um, I don't know, I open to people who are making things up is I think there is a lot of fear. There's no guarantees. So when I hear you saying that, um, what helped you? Um, did you just sing to one person and then realize, hey, I've got a business, you know, I could do this? Or what, what was that courage point? What, what did you, what was the, the shaky moment that you did it? You know, what was your first move like? Yeah. So a little context that will help what I'm going to say in the future make more sense is that singing has been a huge part of my life. Um, but it's been a very me part. I don't, I didn't sing to people. I sang in the shower. I would sing while I was cooking. I was singing while I was walking, but I would never share that with anyone. And I, it brought me joy to just sing and enjoy music as it is. And, um, a few years back, music saved my life a hundred percent. I was definitely in a very dark place and really didn't find any joy in a lot of things. And sang, started singing every day. And it just took me from zero to three and then to four and then to five all the way so I could pick myself up. And Zaria, can I interrupt? When you were in yeah. that dark place, what did you start what did you start singing? Was it, you know, row, row, row your boat? Were you making no. your own songs? Um, it was a combination. So it was a combination of poems that I had written and just kind of put a tune to it. And that was the way I process a lot of my emotions was mm-hmm. by writing and then singing them. And mm-hmm. so it was, it just let me express that and get some of that energy out of my body. Oh, I totally get it. How long ago was that, would you say? Um, about four years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of when I was starting my life, you know. Yeah. Um, I was 18. So I just moved out of the house. All these kind of things were happening. And I just kept that up till now. And I found myself going back to that headspace, that kind of dark headspace. And I realized that I cannot be the only person who is in that headspace right now because it is, it's scary and it's uncertain and everybody is being affected by what's going on in the world. And I actually had a conversation with my mom and, and we ended up singing on the, on the phone and, um, or talking about singing. And it was just like that, that moment, it was that click. And I was a little hesitant at first because I was like, no, I can't do this. What is like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't put myself out there. I've never had that courage. And I realized that my fear stemmed from being rejected and being told that I wasn't good enough and that people wouldn't want to hear my voice. And then I realized that, you know, that's okay. Everybody has different things that they like to hear. And if someone doesn't want to hear me sing, that's not a reflection of me because it doesn't take away my joy from doing it. It's just maybe we have different tastes in music. Yeah, and, and I definitely, I want to go into that, but I, you know, I want to get one sense. So it, would you say it wasn't that scary to start? Or would you say... 
It was you know, just a little scary. I, I would say it was terrifying, but <laughs> at the at that point, I was like, I don't have anything else to lose, in a way. And who like, is I, that? Who is that in you that says it's terrifying, but I don't have anything else to lose? What is that in you? What? Who is that? Who is that? That's a really good question. And that is, that person is definitely someone that I am nurturing and growing. And she is not fully formed yet. And I think that throughout my life, there's been many steps that I've pushed myself into uncomfortable situations. But this um, starting a business that just was my voice was definitely that final push and where I saw her. You know, she came out and she was like, Zareya, you can do this. It's it's scary, but also you have the potential to bring joy to people. And you know that this is going to bring joy to yourself. So why not do it? And uh, I just had to keep telling myself that. She had to keep coming out and being like, hey, get up, get off the couch. We're going to do this. And it definitely took a couple weeks for me to really listen to her and believe her. And even now I still struggle with that. But the joy that I've received and given by doing this has been worth that fear. I get it. And and when you brought it out or you're talking with your mom, what kind of helper was she in that time of um, initial sharing or coming up with yeah. the idea? So my mom is my biggest fan. And it means a lot to me that she believed in me and she was so excited to have come up with this idea that we came up with this idea. She, like her excitement and her just true belief in me, really, I couldn't have done it without her. I couldn't, I did not have that belief in myself and seeing like someone who I love so much have that faith in me and push me and challenge me and just be like, yeah, you can do this. Like I'll hold your hand if you need that, or we can figure this out really was what I needed to see and hear. And it just gave me that boost of courage and confidence knowing that someone who is as brilliant as she is thought that I could do something like this. Wow. You know, the, we, we need, we all need that. And we need someone next to us, someone with us, um, helping us open that door with kindness. Right. I think I'm so great to have it. I, I'm yeah. just, it's a beautiful part of the story. And, um, also I'm just wondering how is it that you think, um, you know, when you take a step back and look at yourself and say, wow, I'm immune compromised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm an African, African American woman. Yeah. I identify as uh, queer, right? Yeah. Um, what is it about all these identities? Do they, did they, how did they, I don't know, how do they inform you as a singer or you and mm-hmm. your wanting to bring joy and to reach people who yeah. are not necessarily in the main flow of life right this morning? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so growing up with all those labels that I wouldn't necessarily have given myself, but just because of the world that we live in, those labels are put upon everybody. It's, you know, they're in the bathrooms, there's a, there's a male and female bathroom, they're separated. And being an African-American, 
separates me even more and being female separates me even more and being queer separates me even more and being a mean compromise separates me even more. And all of those separations definitely led to feelings of isolation throughout my life, like major feelings of isolation. And when everything came about with the pandemic, those feelings of isolation I was hearing about them from a lot of my friends and those feelings were new to them. They, they didn't, they hadn't experienced this deep feeling of not belonging. And I have time and time and time again. And it was that moment or a couple moments when I was talking to friends that they were like, yeah, I just feel like this deep loneliness. And I was like, that has been how I feel my whole entire life. And it doesn't have to be a bad thing. And we just have to figure out how to take that feeling and turn it into something else. And it was just talking to all those people that I realized that this thing, this these things that I viewed growing up as being not a curse, that's a very strong word, but just hardships in my life came full circle in this moment and all these techniques that I learned to deal with this and how to talk about this are coming into play now where I can talk about it with people like you and other people and just really try to get those feelings expressed and just know that we're not alone, that even though we're put in these boxes that are separate us, it doesn't it doesn't have to be that way it's just something that our society has taught us and i'm queer i'm immune compromised i'm a woman i'm african american these are all things that are part of my identity not because not because i am like i'm a woman this makes me me it's more the way that the world sees me is mm-hmm. a woman And the way that the world sees me is immune compromised and queer. And that is what shapes me as a person. And those, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this identity stuff, you know, I I mean, honestly, I felt kind of, you know, how important is it um, to your business having these labels, you know, describe who you are? I mean, on the one hand, I hear you know, really knowing what it's like to feel an outsider and Mm -hmm. to feel loneliness as I'm hearing you say, it's actually a strength of yours and that you know it well and you can, you can live through that, you know, that you can live through those moments. Um, I'm also wondering how much strength do you get from, um, you know, get from knowing that mm-hmm. you have lived from through this? Like, is it is it at this point a, a strong feeling too when you're around other people who are being more recently challenged in it their is. loneliness and their separation? What, what's it that really strength is. feel like? I mean, what? how does that, how do you identify with that? Loneliness is kind of this feeling of flailing in the wind and having no one there to catch you and trying to figure out how you're going to catch yourself so you don't blow away. And that's something that I've had to learn throughout my life. And I kind of have a really good grasp of how not to float away in the wind. And being around people who are just 
just now starting to float in the wind and and don't have anyone to catch them to pull them back down and really trying to figure out how to get back to the ground and feeling safe and sheltered is something that I have learned how to do and being that voice or being a voice not even that voice but being a voice of guidance to people or at least as much as I can be has been a major strength and just like an aha moment for myself knowing that all this like hardship has made me or given me the ability to help others in this this time and hopefully in the future as well um you know Zaria so many in my my world as a coach um and a lot of people I think we we look I look for with myself and with everyone I partner with is how is it that who we are is you know both the weaknesses that we are is also, you know, and the strengths that we are. How, yeah. How is it that who we are makes us uniquely ready to do what it is we know we're to do? You know, and yeah. how does that carry us through those times of doubt and wondering? And I hear you, I hear you knowing um, the strength that you have in terms of loneliness and being um, not in the mainstream in many different ways. Yeah. And that complicated discussion about identities and, um, how you're navigating and all that and what it feels like to be you on the inside and then also seeing what the world does with that. Um, yeah. And what, what, what is it in terms of, cause you've said a few times the importance of bringing joy to people. What, what is that feeling? What is that like? You're on the phone, walk us mm-hmm. through an engagement. Like, yeah, so I can actually really picture what it's like with your client or the person yeah. that's going to hear you. What, what, what's it like? What, how does that happen? So, I call them at a specific time and the specific time is pretty important because in this in this day and age knowing that you're going to have someone regularly check up on you regularly call you and talk to you and acknowledge your presence is something that you have to look forward to and you know the days. So, so most people that you're singing for, you're doing this repeatedly. Is that repeatedly? What I'm yeah. Okay. What's your what's like? So, say you're going to meet with someone. They can. They'll probably be hearing you for every day for a month or for a week. Yeah. Or what's a standard? So, the standard one is every day for a month. Every day. For um, a month. Yeah. Every day for a month, sing a different song to them unless they have a favorite song and they just want that song sung mm-hmm. to them every day, which is a hundred percent. Yes. Like if you have something that, you know, makes you happy, let's just sing that song every day. Um, so I call them at a specific time. So they know mm-hmm. that if something happened to them, cause most of the people I sing to are older and they're alone and they don't have people telling them to take their meds or making sure they, haven't fallen or making sure that they're just okay and I call them every day and we talk and we chat and sometimes it's a really light-hearted conversation there's some jokes exchanged or I tell them what I've been reading or watching on tv and that just makes them really happy and sometimes they really show their true feelings and their raw self of how they're experiencing being so alone. And it's really those conversations that I cherished 
and that I look forward to just hearing how people are really doing. Well, are you, would you say you talk to them every day that you sing? So you don't just call and say, Hey, here's your song. You say, yeah, (laughs) you're saying, Hey, you know, um, hi, how are you? How are you? How are you? Yeah. How are you doing? Are you okay? Do you need anything? Sometimes it's, have you taken your medicine? Um, because some people just don't remember to do that. So it's really this wellness check idea that besides getting to sing to them, which song just brings joy in so many different ways, it's this idea that I am here for you wholeheartedly. Contact, right? Contact. (laughs) Yep. And so then you, you'll say hi and you'll check in, you'll share, and then you'll, would you ask them then, or will you just start singing because you've already worked out what song you're going to sing? Um, I have worked out what song I'm going to sing sometimes. And I've had this happen once is that they had a really specific song that they wanted and they requested it and I knew it. So I sang it. Um, if there's a specific song that someone wants, they can just email me and ask and I'll learn it um, right. for the next call or in a, in a week, depending on the difficulty of the song. Um, is it is it hard? So once you sing it, um, is there talk afterwards or is it just like big hug? You know, how do you, how do you go from the singing to the completion of the call? So it really varies. Um, usually it's we have that five-minute check-in conversation. Um, we sing a song, they usually sing along with me, which is amazing. Um, And then it's like, okay, I will call you tomorrow at this time. Um, You know, much love and talk to you tomorrow. And sometimes, depending on the song, the song really evokes powerful emotions in people. Um, And sometimes there needs to be a little bit of conversation after the song. Sometimes there just needs to be, hey, like, I hear that you're crying. Do you want to talk about that? Do you want do you want to talk about it tomorrow? That can be our focus. Or do you want to spend like 5 minutes after this song and and really delve into that, delve into the feelings that you're expressing right now? And I've had people really appreciate that offer just so they don't have to like sit by themselves in their emotions and for me personally, talking about my emotions really helps me figure out the root of them. And for some people, they're just like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to go now. I'm going to feel what I feel and I'll talk to you tomorrow, maybe about this experience and maybe not. Um, so it's really person to person and it's mm. really, yeah, it's how really many, about. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. It's I, just really. How many men are women? I'm curious. I'm picturing yeah. you singing to women, but is it men as much as women? No, it's mainly women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's and, mainly women. And do they, what, what's your, how easy is it for you to sing like this? Because you're singing standards or covers, right? You're mostly, yeah. Right? What, um, do you, is it, do you feel like singing us a little part of a song that maybe you've really enjoyed singing for somebody? Yeah, I would really? love to. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to hear. Would you like me to do it now or at yeah, the Yeah, let's end? do it, Soraya. Let's do All it. All right. Um, so a song that I have really just enjoyed singing to people is, um, dream a little dream of me. And 
I don't know it by heart. So as we speak, I'm pulling up the lyrics. Great. Um, yep. But it's just been one of those songs that you can feel a lot from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can interpret it very differently. So for some people, it's this really happy, uplifting song. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it's this sadder kind of love ballad song. Um, Beautiful. And, and I want, before you sing it, I'm going to give you a second yeah. here to lick it up because I know I totally put you on the spot. <laughs> um, so you do that. But I'm wondering, I would love for you to set us up. So you've called, you've said, hey, how's it going? They've told you, you know, I've just had breakfast. I knew you mm-hmm. were going to call. What are you doing? You say, well, I just did this. You're talking. Yeah. Sometimes it goes deeper. They might, um, you know, we, we don't know, right? But it's a, it's, it's still a shorter phone call. It it's is. not like therapy, right? But it's still, you're allowing deep stuff to come through. I think yeah. that's beautiful, right? Just to have that little container. That's a big container, but it doesn't have to be a long amount of time. But it's like, all right. And then, so the person might be, what's your average age? Is it is it really age or is it more the that they can't be out and about? Is it as um, much about their health as, as their age at this point, your clients? Or? So it's a, it's a range. It's mainly older folk, like... Um, seventy to ninety. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly the people who bring the service to them are their their children, um, who are worried about them and feel bad or just want them to have more contact than they can give them. And so it's a way to be like, "Hey, mom. Hey, dad. Like." I love you. I see you. I'm really sad that I can't be with you, but here's a way that we can all be connected. And got it. So and would you say, and their, their, um, cultural background, is it pretty diverse or is it, um, yeah, great. it's pretty diverse. It's, it's, there is a way that you can give me specific information about the person that I'll be singing to, whether they're religious, whether they like certain types of music, whether they can't, they're hard of hearing, um, just so that I know who my audience is mm-hmm. and so that I know what, or that I can try to think of what will be the best song to bring them joy. Got it. And so I just want to get now, have you found the song? I have, yes. Great. So I just wanted to set that stage. So now I feel much more able to picture this, yeah? Yeah. And that here you have called, and I know that you're going to sing, and you've sang to me yesterday, and you're going to sing today. And um, here you are, um, Zaria Rosen. All right. So. Stars shining bright above you. Night breezes seem to whisper. I love you, birds singing in the sycamore trees, dream a little dream of me, say nighty night and kiss me, just hold me tight and tell me you'll miss me. While I'm alone and blue as can be, dream a little dream of me. So that's a little, little taste. Oh my God. I closed my eyes and I went to heaven. <laughs> I swear. I swear. 
I swear. Thank you. Thank, I mean it. I totally got the experience. And yeah. so what I want to out here is that you are bringing to your singing. First off, thank you. You have a beautiful voice in my humble opinion. <laughs> thank <laughs> <Okay>. you. <laughs> yeah. And I can see this going really well and in itself and or leading to all kinds of things. So I just put that beautiful idea out there. I, I really see that. And I just want to say, you know, this that you bring, this knowledge of what it's like not to to, to feel lonely, to yeah. feel apart. Um, do you remember a time in your life when that was hardest? That um, was it yeah. when you were really young? What, what what is in terms of what informs your beautiful, soulful, mm-hmm. who you are ness that is beyond labels, right? Mm-hmm. What where did some of that that pain come in? Yeah. Um, so as we've been talking about, I'm immune compromised and I have fibromyalgia, which in case you don't know what that is, it's basically, um, my whole body feels like it's on fire constantly. My nerves are confused and always think that I'm in pain, even when I'm not. And so that as growing up was really difficult because no one could figure out what I had. Fibromyalgia is a combination of migraines and fatigue and fevers and um, tenderness of skin. And those those symptoms separately are really hard, are easy to diagnose. But when you have all of them, people are confused. So Growing up from the time I was about 11, I went to specialists and like went to Stanford and was part of a couple like clinical trials and just like trying to really figure out what I had. And finally, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which surprisingly a lot of people have. It just manifests in very different ways. And I have a pretty severe case of it. Mm -hmm. And so the fatigue aspect and the pain aspect really it's really hard to explain to people that you're in that much pain when you don't look like you're in pain like there's not any like physical like burns there's not any physical scarring it's all internal and as we grow up and being like a teenager it was just really hard to explain to my friends that no i can't go out tonight no i can't go to school today because i can't get out of bed and it went like that for years where i would be bedridden for months and months because i was in so much pain and i would miss months of school and miss just the social aspect of growing up. And like I said, this started when I was 11. So this went on from when I was 11 till now. Even now I have really bad weeks where I I can't get out of bed. And that really just formed the feelings of isolation, not only just because I was in my bed for months and months, but also because when I tried to explain to people why I wasn't coming to school, why I was grumpy that day, why I could not deal with this certain thing, there would be this this disbelief and this, this, no, you're lying. You just don't want to go to school. And 
I love school. I love learning. I love just being part of people and being part of social situations, even though I'm a very intense introvert. But when I was younger, I was not such an introvert. And I kind of was formed into one by lacking socialization and lacking that belief and just over and over and over people telling me, no, you're lying, you're lying. And there's nothing physically that I could be like, no, I'm not, except that my doctors told me. And so dealing with that on a daily basic, every second of just feeling like that and also knowing that the people closest to me didn't really believe me is what really started those feelings of isolation. And yeah. And I totally get it. It's like, what a journey to start so young. It sounds like you're around 11 when that was really starting to hit. Yeah. And um, so really as a young person and all the way, um, you're still young, but you're 22. Yeah. Now you're talking often this work, the singing helograms will bring you into, you know, you're working with people often in the seventies to nineties, but you know, different Mm -hmm. ages. They're often women. Um, What do you think? Do you think it translates? Is it, do you, have you become, are you a different listener than most people? Is there a tenderness available? Mm -hmm. What do you sense is available for you that um, you just know isn't as available for a lot of other 22 year olds? Yeah. So there's this, this part of life that talking about hardships has become kind of taboo depending on what they are and having like just not being able to express and know that you're believed is really severe and so by my having experienced that it really makes me now really just try to be as present as I can with people. And of course, there's days when I cannot be that because I am in pain and I just don't have emotion that much emotional capacity for those around me. But on the days that I do, I give it as much as I can. I give it all of me. I give listening and being there for people just, they get me, they get Zarea in every part of who I am. And I'm when I talk to people, I'm not I'm not thinking about you know what I'm gonna eat for dinner, if my hair looks good, or like that. I'm just really trying to be focused and present and hear the person that is talking to me, really truly hear them, and not just their words, but hear where they're coming from and hear the pain in their voice or hear the joy in their voice, and just try to really soak up who that person is. Mm -hmm. And I was really lucky because both of my parents um, really, really did try to hear me and believed me when I said I was in pain. And that's something that I know that a lot of people, be it if they're children or not, don't get. They don't get that person to believe them and not only believe them, but try to help. Not try to fix them, but try to help. and. I, it's sad and it makes me almost want to cry now that that's the case for people, that people go through this life not having someone who, who loves them, who believes them. And even now through this business, even though I'm connecting with strangers, I really just want to believe them and hear them and see them and 
hopefully they know that and they feel that from me. I get it. Oh, Zarea, you know, I've heard it said that awareness is the one thing we really truly have to give to another. Yeah. Attention, I think it actually was. Attention is the one thing we have, right? And I hear at a very young age, um, you're quite discerning, you know, the difference between really listening and only partially being listened to and, you know, maybe being fixed or trying to be changed um, because it doesn't fit with somebody else's sense of what's going on for you. And I also hear that you, you kind of uniquely in some ways I could say, Mm -hmm. or unusually or remarkably had some of this support or some of this going on at home. Yeah. With your parents and your mother. And so this was something, it sounds to me like, you know, the difference, you, you really know the difference at a very young age here at 22. And um, so you're bringing that to people and also your beautiful voice. Um, Yeah. Do you have, a dream of how this could continue? Are you just simply being, not just, but simply being in the present moment with your business? Or do you have a dream of how you can imagine it reaching more people or how it could um, could grow for you? Or do you like it right where it is? So there's kind of two parts to that. I am very much in the moment right now as I just started. And it's beyond this business piece. It's it's putting the thing that I love most of all into the world, giving it to people and hoping that they accept it, that they receive it. And that in itself is terrifying, but also really exhilarating. And so for that, I'm living in the moment because it scares me to think that I can really grow this. It scares me because I have not really had that much confidence in this part of myself. And as this business goes on and as time goes on and I get to share my voice with more people, my hopes and dreams go up. And like I'm already living a dream of mine by just being able to share my story and my voice with people. But essentially... I would love it if more people could hear my story and hear my voice because I truly believe that bits and pieces of all of our lives are relatable to other people. And this feeling of loneliness, I know for a fact, is not just a me thing. It's a it's a lot of people's thing. And I want to be an inspiration. I know that's like a tall ask, a tall order, but as much as I can, I want to show people that it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to have a disability. It's okay to be seen as a minority and you can still make something of yourself. You can still be the person that you want to be. And because of all these things that are seen as hardships, you do have to put more in. You, you're you not given this thing on a silver platter. You do have to put in work and you have to face those fears that go along with that work, but it's doable. And I am learning that as we speak, I'm still like even talking to you, even sharing my stories, a little nerve wracking to me. But it's also something that I'm like, I'm doing this right now in this moment. I am sharing these feelings that I have and, and this this life that I've lived, I'm sharing it with people. And it makes me feel really powerful. It makes me feel really (laughs) confident. And more people can do it. And it's just a matter of 
trusting in the universe and trusting in those who you're speaking to to hold that space for you. And at some points there's, of course you can't hold space for everybody. You can say, Hey, I'm not, I don't have that ability right now. And that's not a reflection of them not wanting to speak to you. That's a reflection of them just telling you their truth. And for me, singing is my truth. Sharing my emotions through my voice is my truth. And my hope is that this will continue to grow and will just reach as many people who need it as it can. Yeah, as it can get as big as it can get. And hopefully it will share and show that connection is really possible no matter what your circumstances are or no matter what the circumstances are of the world. Beautiful. Oh my gosh, we have to complete. Um, and I want to say I'm inspired. So thank and, you. Um, I'm wondering if on the top of your head, you have um, another song. I'll give you a second here to think of one if you have one that mm-hmm. you'd love to sing a little snippet of maybe for us. Yeah. Um, and I, I just want to also say that I think all of us, when, when I see you uh, letting your pain be visible and also your light and your joy and really your joy of being with other people in connection, it lights me up. It's like a candle, you know, that, like we're lighting each other's candle <laughs> our flames, right? So it makes me that. brighter. And um, it's absolutely beautiful. And um, I know it's scary and, um, and it, it, and, but it sounds like you're very much in the newer part of the business and you're, you're very much in the making of it. Still. Yeah, I so am. You, yeah, you're not bouncing against the edges now. You're really stepping in and moving in. Um, mm-hmm. Beautiful. And for people to find your place, I know uh, your information. I, I'm on your site right now. It's singinghelograms.com. Yeah. And um, you are Zurea, and they can Zarea. contact you there. <laughs> is there anything else in terms of contacting you, or is that that that's really a pretty good um, place to go? That's the best place to go. Um, my email is at the bottom of the page and people can feel free to email me with questions or um, if they want to know. So yeah, just really the site. Great. And um, we will meet again, my dear. I do believe. Okay. Go for it. it. What are you going to sing? I'm going to sing Hallelujah. Okay. All right. I've heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do ya? Well, it goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the manifold and the major limb. The baffled king composing, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Zaria, thank you so much. Till next time. Till next time. Well, that's today's podcast of Creative at the Wheel. Before we go, I want to thank you for listening, and I invite you to tune in again. You can listen to more of these podcasts on SoundCloud on my Creative at the Wheel channel. You can learn more about my one-on-one coaching for creatives on my website, paintbiglivebig.com.